Hey guys, this is Punchy Sideways. <laughs> a little bit of a short, sneaky peek episode. It was just us, Josh and Mel. It is a bit punchy, and so are the neighbours today. Yeah, there's a bit of noise going on outside. I don't know whether I have to go and put my um, stern face on or not yet. It's not my natural <laughs> natural is face this, to put on. Are you talking about an angry face or a Howard Stern face? Because Ooh. that I can't really picture you with. <laughs> no, I can, I can pull teacher mode if I need to. I can just, you know. So we're talking stern as in stern. eyebrow raised. Stern as in, hey, I'm much more important than you right now and the noise that you are making is disruptive to me <laughs> and as opposed to me always making noise for everyone else. just annoying for me as the guy who's going to edit all this that we've managed to get rid of all the street noise, mm-hmm. no other noise, and then right at this time of the day, randomly, yeah. there's someone right outside the door that's not normally here. Maybe there's a guest that wants to come in. Well, you can't because it's punchy sideways. It's not yeah. punching sideways. Yeah, exactly. With, yeah, yeah. This is about us today. <laughs> and is it wrong that... I can picture you also as a Howard Stern when you walk out there and you just start talking about strippers with the guy from next door. It's not wrong at all. <laughs> I love strippers. <laughs> not no, Howard Stern. Just, not Howard, just oh, yeah, no, not, it's nothing to do with Howard Stern, just the stripper part of it. I could I could definitely get around. Did I tell, ever tell you that one of my goals in life is to be able to do the flagpole? No. Like a stripper thing. Oh, I've got a bit of this. Is, if anyone can hear this sucking noise, that's not from the stripper joint that's out the back. <laughs> it's a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. It's not 727 Jones Street that we're parked <laughs> next to right now. That would have been a weird place to build a studio. It would have, or would it have been smart? Yeah. We would have got a lot of foot traffic. Correct. We could have interviewed some interesting characters. I think I would have needed more sound treatment. <laughs> A little bit of background ambience. Ambience. <laughs> ambience. It never hurts anyone. Um, so you, you oh, the flagpole. The flagpole. The flagpole. So yeah. have you ever seen that move where you grab hold of a pole? Firstly, I've tried pole dancing and it's hard. It's actually, I'm, I'm not sure whether you've noticed this about me. I'm a bit like a bowerbird with new fun shiny things and wanting to And I, I looked at pole dancing and I thought, that looks pretty easy. It's not that easy. No. <laughs> It's, it's actually go, quite difficult. I'm going to use the wrong name for it, but it's there's a, a business around here. It's called Pole Fit or Osteopole. Or Not Osteopole. Physiopole, sorry. Physipole. Physipole, whatever yeah. it's called. And I always go by and people come out of that and they look exhausted. And I think, is it is it that hard or is it just appealing to a person that goes from being unfit to wanting to be a pole dancer? No, it's all about embodying yourself and just you know, embracing your own sexuality and all that stuff, wanky, wanky, wank, is actually for me about what cool tricks I'd be able to do. Yeah. But it's a lot more difficult than what. So when you say cool tricks, do you mean just if you're walking, say, through the park? Yes. And there's a flagpole there or something, yes. you can just go do a horizontal stand or something. That's exactly right. That's all I want it for is, like, cool cool tricks to just pull out of nowhere just be walking around, oh, there's a little um, sign I might just pull out a flagpole, which is where you um, grab the side and then you just go out straight. Like you've got to have an amazing core strength. That's impressive. Which I don't have as of yet. I might have to get onto that. Another thing, do you want me to tell you about my latest pursuit? Is it? It's not stripper related. <sighs> no, unfortunately, okay. uh, they turned me I'm away. I'm kind of still interested. Go they ahead. T- they <laughs> turned me away. So I've just moved in with um, with a new housemate. Or oh, we can tell you about this story another time. Interesting how we met. 
But um, I convinced him that it was a good idea for us to get some skateboards because it's about the time of my life when I feel like I should get around a skateboard and do some – because the kids out in the street are rolling around on skateboards and scooters and I want it in pretty much. So your uncoordinated (laughs) mid-30s is the best time to get into it? Of course. (laughs) Of course. So anyway, he got on the bandwagon and got one. And the other night I, I came home, I d- did like an online course and then came out and I was sitting in the lounge room and he was there and I was like, oh, is this it? And he's like, yeah. And I said, have you had a go? And he goes, yeah. I said, how did you go? And he goes, oh, you know, it's a little bit harder than I thought. And I said, can I just stand on it? And I stood on it and immediately I was like, oh, this, this is really scary. <laughs> like it was <laughs> wobbling all over the place. And I said, how do you even do this and I was just wobbling backwards and forwards going I think this is like me this is all I've got is just a backwards and forwards like type motion and then I said to him I said hey um how do I get off (laughs) and he goes I'll just jump off and he goes no don't jump off don't jump off just step one foot down and then the other and then next minute I go flying and the skateboard goes across the lounge room and bang hits the wall and becomes um, actually stuck in the wall (laughs) (laughs) at at 10.45 at night because that's a good time to learn how to skateboard. Perfect time. So this guy, I look across at him on the couch and I went, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And he looked at me and he goes, I said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I went over and as I was looking at it, I was thinking, oh, this is really funny, but it's not a good situation because this is his house and I've put a hole and it was actually wedged in there like two inches the whole nose of it (laughs) and I I looked at him and went I'm really sorry and I will fix it but firstly I need to take a photo of it (laughs) 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 so I've I've got some photos which I can put on our on our socials as well and because then there is a look where he's trying to be really nice to me and it's just the frustration of let's deal with this. And I brought it into the house. This is partly yeah, my fault. I shouldn't yeah. have encouraged her. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what happens is people forget that I am me and the easy things aren't necessarily easy because it shouldn't be hard to step off a skateboard, right? It should be the easiest part. It, exactly. should be, it should be easier than stepping onto it. Exactly. You would think. So <laughs> partly I blame him for that. Yeah. Um, there's a, f- a photo of him all frustrated and he just looked at me and he goes, you're really lucky that I like you because if this was the last housemates, their heads would have been through the wall with that <laughs> skateboard. So resounding success for a housemate that I've found right now. Now I want to see that photo, just a skateboard and a couple of housemates. <laughs> That might happen if I do it again, but yeah. let's hope not. I think you're on a one-time only. Though. I think <laughs> I just pretty much said to him, don't worry, I know how to fix it. I'm good at wrecking things, so I'm also very good at fixing things. You finding things a little bit trickier maybe sometimes than people might expect you to, for example. Does that go to your level of craft? Or scruff, I should say. My level of scruff. Your level of scruff. There's a level of scruff that you can get away with, I think, and I think I've got it down pat where, you know, I can make it a minimal effort but still look slightly presentable. It works uh, for you. Yeah. I had a – it must have been actually this morning, sorry, I was walking out of here. I was mm-hmm. here earlier and there was hardly anyone around and usually when I come here super early and I leave before nine, there's still no one around. So you can get away with a lot of scruff. Like – Full scruff. Yeah. And I walked around the corner at the end of the lane 
and a lady looked at me up and down twice and stopped twice on my shoes because I'm just wearing a pair of old person white runners. Yeah, right. So she was scanning, thinking appropriate dress, appropriate dress, what the F is going on with his shoes. They went back up and they went back to the shoes. (laughs) She got caught on your shoes. Actually, I've heard this about women. Saying this because I am a female. Is that how you is that how you judge a level of scruff? I've heard that people will check out your shoes, and if your shoes like look presentable, then that's a tick. So I could have been dressed in a singlet and a pair of shorts with better shoes on, yeah, or more appealing looking shoes, and gotten away with it. Potentially, yeah. I don't know. There's just for me, I just do shoes get you across the line. Like if you meet someone you don't like but they wear got a wicked pair of shoes on, are you like, yep? I will comment on shoes, yep. not for like, wow, they're well polished, but if they're slightly quirky, I will notice them. So I'm more likely to, to comment on your shoes or something like that if they're, they've got a bit of personality about them. And to be honest, if you had a misfit shoes to your outfit, I'd probably be impressed. Right. So you're more about quirk than polish. Yeah, for sure. Well, have that, you met me? <laughs> yeah, of course. It goes straight to the level of scruff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's all part of the package of it's, scruff. It's the scruff level. How do you get good at getting away with scruff, though? Because most people don't. I run on a th- enthusiasm. <laughs> it emanates from the scruff. Out of the scruff comes happiness. <laughs> I pretty much just barrel towards people and talk at and to them until they just wear down, I think. It's mainly. <laughs> so you're like a really aggressive river, just working on a stone. Yeah, maybe. Or just, you know, diamonds come out of what I do, just so you know. <laughs> diamonds in the scruff, not in the rough. Let's talk about this right now because I'm on um, a new mic today. You, you moved me around and I wasn't happy for the last two episodes because I lost my sexy wet voice. Well, you've been on the same mic for about three months, so I'm not sure how that happened. Maybe but, my, maybe I've turned a bit more scruff and less sex. I think so. <laughs> the scruff has turned into turtle. <laughs> maybe, maybe what happened is I became the sex like I was for the fashion show and then just it all poured out of me and then I had no voice. With that went your voice. Yeah, it must have just oozed out of my pores. So you're saying you've got a two-week window every year? <laughs> Of being sex. Yeah. Um, it's like picking fruit. <laughs> maybe, yeah. It's it's sexing season. <laughs> Is that what you say? <laughs> I don't know what. When's that October now, guys? Jesus. The last, last sexing season was back in October. That's good. <laughs> it's one of those times I've where Josh... I've got a bit of a cough. I don't Josh, need this. <laughs> Josh looks at me and goes, how do you come out with this? BS, basically. Yep. <laughs> that wasn't planned, by the way. It's just I feel no. like I have a little bit of a mirror into <laughs> not just you being funny and saying crazy stuff, but also maybe into how people view me sometimes. Because yeah. sometimes I get looks of, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? I mean, that's the reason I joined the CFA was because it's, it's like my people. They're like old men yeah. that are not PC. Yeah. There's minimal OHNS there. <laughs> they just according to talk, we'll just talk, preface that. According. Talk, talk unfiltered BS constantly. Yeah. And when I talk too much, they're too old. They can't run away from me quick enough. <laughs> it's like the best. Well, that actually sounds like your dream state. It's like it's it's a dream, but the uppity bit of that 
is to go to a fire where the people don't know you. Yeah. And then me as this little scruff jumps out of the truck yeah. is the ultimate shock value because they're like, what is she doing here? People do know you and if they've ever seen a photo of us in the same photo, you're smaller than average and I'm bigger than average. When you jump out of the truck, is there actually a uniform that fits someone your size or are you grabbing hold of a standard person size uniform? So, like I'm when, just imagining the helmet just slipping over your eyes. When I joined the CFA and you get to get your uniform, I was super pumped about this. And they said, oh, I went in, I knew the guy, Mick Bartle. He works at District 24. Shout out. Shout Whatever out to, Mick, to Mick Bartle. <laughs> and I went in there and he goes, do you want like the, you know, the pants and the top? That's what the girls get. Or do you want this? And I was like, I want the braces. I want the braces. The only reason I joined the CFA was to light fires and the braces. Two of the better reasons. <laughs> seen the braces? There's nothing better than sticking your thumbs in a set of braces and just flicking them like you're, you're all about the business. So I got the braces, started trying on all the gear and none of it fit. And he's pretty much like, this is the smallest that we have. You're going to have to grow into it. And I was like, well, I haven't grown for <laughs> 20 <Coming> years. <laughs> That's not happening. So all my CFA gear was like the shoes in that special ordered in size two. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to get my um my uniform taken in. So when you say taken in, your pants that I'm assuming they're like an orange sort of fire, they're like a yellow, yeah, like a burnt yellow. Do they end up looking like Prince of Bel Air kind of gypsy pants? Mate, I love them. I'll put a photo up of that too. My favourite other uniform other than my flanny to wear is my braces, my red braces for the CFA. The hat fits well, but I had to get like a smaller size hat. But it's all about the braces. If you turned up with the with the crew, it would fill me with a sense of confidence because I'd be thinking, the first thing I would think was, oh, they managed to save her. <laughs> They've pretty, done a great job. Pretty much I feel like my role has turned into let's keep everyone awake <laughs> on, a, on a long night. That's important. By Mel just there going, and I just talk and talk and talk and talk until... No one can fall asleep. They're just there. We were there all night. The longest stint I did was at Bellbridge and we were there for about nine or ten hours and the poor guy that had to work with me solo, <laughs> I got put into like an individual yeah. car and it was just me and him. They're thinking there's a, f- a flare up and it's just the smoke coming out of his ears. Yeah. <laughs> like what's going on over that gully? I think, um, can I tell you about when I joined? I want to hear about it. Okay. So we're, we're well down this fire rabbit hole, so let's so do when, it. So um, when I joined the the CFA when I was like sort of coming out of being fairly sick. So I wanted something to do that gave me a bit of purpose that I was contributing a little bit and I've always wanted to drive a truck. There's a few things that come into play there. Made Dad join with me as well. Dragged him down and did the minimum skills test and that was all good. And then we had our first AGM, which was within like two weeks of me joining. Turned up down there. It's all sorted out. There's a big – I'd already had outlandish ideas of what things I wanted to do in the CFA. And I think pretty much the attitude is just like simmer down. You're super enthusiastic. The the regulation old person. Yeah. Simmer down. Simmer down. Like Anyway, we're sitting there. And we're in this big meeting. There's about 100 men there and me. 
and we're having to vote on who's going to be the captain, who's going to be the like the all the lieutenants and everything like this. The head of District 24 comes around. He's like, okay, firstly, we're going to go vote on this. And I sort of sit there and pipe up. I was like, hey, I don't know why I'm voting for this person over this person. I want a speech. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, yeah, good, yeah, good idea. So I'm at all the guy for every vote we did, everyone had to get up and say why they should be voted in in that position. Oh. And uh, can I just ask a question? Having I've only ever been part of one volunteer organisation, yeah. and that was the Bandits, the basketball club. I'm assuming that speeches aren't convention because everyone's <laughs> praying that the same person that used to do the job wants to do it again. It was... I could tell by a few looks that sort of swung back at me. This was not the best thing to have no, no. said. I was all about it. I was like, why would I vote about I'm only new to this community. I don't know who that person is over that person. Apparently the longest meeting we've ever had at the Thanga was that <laughs> night. <laughs> and then just before it closed, I said, I reckon we should do a calendar, a fire calendar. And that was met with a lot of... Um, non-hospitable looks also, one, because I'd drawn over time with the meeting and two, because they thought it was going to be very untoward. And I was like, no, 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 it's a community thing. I want to like get all the brigades involved and everything. But the longest meeting ever had as an AGM was the first one that I participated in and instigated a lot of voting. And then within a month, we'd got our uniforms and everything. We'd been passed for minimum skills. And I was all about lighting fires. Backburning. I've been told that mum was very against me lighting our blackberries, but I said to her, if I do minimum skills where I am trained, inverted commas, being how to deal with this situation and I should be allowed. And she agreed. And then so dad set me off with a can of diesel and up on the side of the hills and I was, the first time I went up there and I came back, I said, dad, Fire is really hot. <laughs> and he goes, what are you thinking, dickhead? Of course it's hot. And I was like, no, but it's, it's really hot. Like yeah. it's not like like it's hot. Like I melted my eyelashes hot. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, right. He goes, all right, well, you can move around and you can do all these ones on the side of the hill and it's looking good. You're doing a great job. We've got a very vertical site hill. It was a big hike for me to go up and and the deal was you had to take your hoe, the diesel, and obviously my phone and I'd take the dog Murphy. Anyway, I'd done a fair bit of it and I kept driving around from Bethanga. So my parents' place is right above their Bethanga Reserve and as you drive around the corner, there was just these blackberries that were just on the side of the hill that I did not like at all. On your property still? On my property or on my parents' property. And I kept looking at them. They were really bugging me because I'd done such an excellent job of everywhere else. And I was sort of told... Don't touch those. Sort of told or was directly told by you? Well, advised it wasn't like a great idea. And I would sort of, by the time you walk that far and you're carrying everything, you got to the edge and I was like, I'm here already. I'm going to just light this, (laughs) light this one up. So I sat there and I lit it up and it was all good. And I was sitting there looking at the view with Murphy and we were just looking out across the valley and it was great. And then I heard this like click, 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 like just this crackle noise. And I looked behind me and uh, there'd been like this gust of wind come up the gully 
and the Blackberry fire had jumped over into the reserve on the reserve side of the fence. And I, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's pretty much immediately going, oh, no, oh, no. And I'm going through my head, okay, you can't be that arrogant and ego-driven that you don't call the CFA because I looked at the grass. We had very short grass on our side and on the other side was like that double thickness grass where you just don't – and I didn't know how far it went or anything. Yeah. So I had to call the CFA on myself to call the trucks in. <laughs> <laughs> said to Murph, I said, Murph, you stay here. And I scaled the deer fence and jumped over into the reserve with my hoe and just started like panic hoeing. <laughs> panic hoeing. <laughs> panic hoeing. Not like the Drone Street version. No, no, different kind of panic hoeing. <laughs> different panic hoeing. And um, anyway, I could see all these trucks and everyone's like turning up. This guy, Brett Martin, he rolled up. This is the first time I met him on his motorbike. And he's like, and I just had it under control. And everyone was like, you did the right thing. I was like, oh, so. And dad rang me as well at this time because he got the same pager to say that our <laughs> property's on fire. <laughs> he's in town. He's like, what have you done, you dickhead? <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh, sorry. Just save the day, save the reserve. Yeah. Everyone said I'd done a great job to watch it, put it out, and all good. So I did that. And then came back, went to the house, and mum goes, hey, I heard the fire alarm go off. Did you hear anything? What, where's the fire? And I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I heard it. I don't know. Because so, <laughs> I just thought this is a don't tell your mother type thing. Went into town, and then I got a call to say, probably not a great idea to, for you to come home tonight. And I was like, oh, what's happened? So apparently... The guys that had turned up to the fire had not radioed in to say, don't send more trucks. Right. And six trucks had turned (laughs) up from all the surrounding areas to fight this fire that I'd lit and gone to the house and said to mum, where's the fire? (laughs) And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You'd already told us. You didn't know anything about it. (laughs) Yep. So I had to stay away (laughs) two days. I just stay away from the house for two days while this whole simmer down to me. She goes, I look like an idiot. <laughs> and it was, I'm assuming your dad gave you the heads up call. Oh, yes. The rescue call. Yeah, don't don't come home. This is not a great situation. That's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> is this like a little secret exclusive tidbit that Punchy Sideways can hear about? If you're still listening to this, I'm back in a band. <sighs> He's back. Which is mind-blowing to me because we've had conversation through a left-field curly at me because you were like, I've had it with music. I've decided decided I'm finally over it and I'm ready to move ahead and move aside. That's literally, (laughs) it couldn't be more right but more different to what I actually said. What I said was, for people listening, I would be okay for the first time with not playing in a band anymore or being involved with music. Yeah. And I said I was open to the idea of it never happening again and I wouldn't be upset if it didn't. Which is pretty much what I just said. Yeah, (laughs) I guess. But I wasn't closing the door on it completely forever. It felt like to me that's what you were doing, closing the door on it. And when when some people said to me, oh, so rumours got out, guys. There was rumours on the word on the street was that Josh was participating in some underground music. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, no, not my Josh. <laughs> That's not him. It can't he's, be that guy. He's given up on music. Yeah. That's not happening at all. I was just like, no. 
And then next minute, I come around and you make me look like a bloody fool, Josh. I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> That's my goal in life is never to make you look like a fool. So I felt like a real idiot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I am actually super excited yeah. to hear some of this because yeah. I had the privilege. We had the privilege of going out to a gig in Tulangata. We did. And I saw some happy music feels radiate out of your body that I've not seen when we've been doing the sideways podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bit easier to ignore that you're there when there's a band on. <laughs> true. Yeah. True, true. To be honest, it caught me off guard too how much I enjoyed not just that day mm. but also just being around people that I had musical history with, like one of the people was in my first band. Yeah, shout out to him. So Simon Caldwell, who yeah. was the singer of the band that we went to see. Yeah. B- BTS Party BTS Rock. BTS Party Rock, yeah. And he's singing in the band and they were awesome. And they played kind of a selection of covers. That were, the occasional one was a bit more obscure, but it was right out of Simon. I used to listen to those albums when we were traveling to gigs together. So, yeah. was, so it really was kind of like he was playing certain songs just for me, even though that wasn't the case. He but did play a certain song just for He you. did dedicate a song to me yeah, by Billy Talent. It's quite romantic, really. That yeah. was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you've just made everything October sex month. Doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> hey, we're out of October now. I've yeah. got to hold out until a long amount of months, until the next October oh, sex God. month. Not even a month. It's only a two-week window. Where oh, well. <laughs> Get to April, you're going to be scratching a hole in your flanny. <laughs> yeah, this flanny better last that distance. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for um, being around for Punchy Sideways. Was it punchy? I think it was pretty punchy. How how long was it? That was about half an hour. Oh yeah, that's punchy. That's pretty punchy. Yeah, that's and pretty punchy. I think what I want to know is for the people listening, do you have a level of scruff? Do I have a level, or do they have do a they, level? Do they have a level of scruff yeah. that they're proud of, and what do they think a level of scruff actually is? Do you know what gets me less scruffy? Hit me. Coffee. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going there. <laughs> Elegant segue. Thanks. So what, what kind of coffee, and where do they come from, though? Oh, I like a like Arabica beans. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, but I do. I'm happy with the coffee donation. Just on our podcast page. Yeah, we have had a few recently. We got a really funny comment from Jack. Did we? Yeah, I'll, I'll, in the next, I'll chase down what yeah, was okay. said. In, yeah, we got one from Jack and we had a few other people that have donated recently. So that was really cool. We've got, we're having some really nice feedback. So thank you so much to everyone and to that's our listening. new listeners. We've got a few people that yeah. have given us some really amazing feedback about the show recently that have only just recently found it. So that's cool. Yeah. And it just reinforces that. When we're having fun, hopefully you guys are having fun as well. Correct. And Mel have even more fun between now and next October. You can tide her over with some coffee. So you can go to <laughs> supportpunchingsideways.com and click on any of the buttons there to buy us one. Yeah, because if you want someone that's even more agitated, fill them up with caffeine. <laughs> exactly. That's it, righto. So, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, we got to do it. You're not going to go latest? Oh, latest. <laughs>